I'm Elia Haber for the Beirut Banyan. While crossing between Martyr Square and Riyadh Salah in this alleyway, I come across this young lady wearing a pink jacket and I decided to ask her why she's here. Uh, if we can just start with your name and your age and your profession, please. Okay, um, my name is Kerma Sharafuddin. I'm 34 years old. I'm an interior designer. So Kerma, why are you here today? I've been here for the past 15 days, just like uh, everyone else, uh, doing my civic duties and uh, standing up for what we all need. It all started spontaneously because two days before the protest, there was a big, huge fire that was held in the Shouf. And that's where uh, my family and I used to spend all summer. So our lands, our gardens, our um, childhood hiding spots were burned and we took it personally because we live in a country where corruption is there and no one is uh, standing against it, was uh, standing against it. And we took it at heart because the least they can do is to protect the green Lebanon. In Arabic, we call it Lebanon al-Akhdar. When you call your country that name, you need to, to know how to protect this name. You can't call it Lebanon al-Akhdar, Green Lebanon, and not have the right tools and uh, strategies to protect this greenery. So uh, it hurt me, like, personally. Like seriously, with everything that has been happening, the corruption, uh, and even this, I think it was like the cherry on top for us as a family to be on the streets. The first day we were, we were here with, with, like everyone. At night there was a lot of damages and a lot of people came and broke the glass, the vitrines of the boutiques. So we said, you know what, since we're there, we are environmentally concerned. We will try to help as much as we can without raising our voice, without swearing, without hurting anyone. We just uh, grabbed some uh, bags and we got brooms and uh, tools to clean the streets, my cousins and I. And we started cleaning in Riyadh Sulah at 7 a.m. the first, the second day of the protest, like early morning. We removed all the broken glass. We were afraid that people might hit each other with it. Uh, and this is how it all started. And now we have a big tent in the Martyr Square. Uh, we've been here for the past 15 days, uh, recycling, uh, sorting, and spreading awareness on how important it is to keep our environment clean. So th we tried to fight this corruption by physically doing something and not uh, shouting or anything. Okay. I'm very happy that you brought up the idea of civic duties, that you, are, you feel that you're exercising your civic duties by also reminding people that protecting the environment is part of our duties. But you also know that some people here are also under a different political banner. Let's say they want some political change, some economic reform. Do you feel that they maybe prioritize other things over what you think is um, your duty so far? I'm sure that what we are fighting for, us as a green tent, is under the umbrella of what we are all fighting for. It's uh, environmental health, it's the, the air we're breathing, it's the water we're drinking. 
it's everything. It's like the basic for us to keep fighting for the rest. It all comes together. It's not just this or that. It all comes together. And politically speaking, as I told you, I cannot really talk about it because I don't have the right knowledge. But I know that what got us here is the fact that the politicians are not looking at what the people want. They're just focusing on what they want and their own benefits. Speaking of people mobilizing on the streets, do you feel that it's getting easier, that people are learning more, that they shouldn't be throwing things on the ground or not just leaving things for someone else to pick them up um, the second day? Do you, do you see that? Yes, it took us four days, literally four days. It took them four days uh, for them to realize that their fellow co-protesters are cleaning after them and not a company that belongs to someone or the municipality. It's us. People were compassionate and we have a lot of people that come to our tent, they take bags, they clean after themselves, they clean after others in the morning like from 8 a.m. till 10 p.m. We have like people from all ages and all backgrounds. Before yesterday, an old woman without teeth wearing flip-flops and it was raining. She came to our tent and she told me in Arabic, This is what I call, I paid back my civic duties. There's this little boy also who was cleaning right in front of our bins. He was cleaning the floor. I told him, why are you cleaning? He said, I don't throw papers in my house and Lebanon is my house. He's super young, so that's how he uh, expressed himself. We did spread awareness with the little we have. We taught people that cleaning is very important and sorting is even more important and recycling is even more important. I didn't even know where to throw this and that. But when we started cleaning, I started realizing how important it was and I started spreading this out and we are 25 or 30 and these 30 told others and others and others and we created super clean protesters. I'm gonna tell you something else. Since we were sitting in the Martyr Square for the past 15 days, I looked at the pole, you know the pole where the flag is? There was no flag on Sunday. So I was like, hmm, Karma, you're an interior designer. You have a lot of contacts. Let's do this. I'm going to do the flag on a Sunday. I called my fashion designer friends. I told them, do you know anyone that can sew it? And then I got the number of uh, a guy who's uh, Christian. He told me, I'm, I'm ready for you, but I don't have all the colors. I told him, don't worry, I'll get the red was missing. I, I told him, I'll try to do this. I called another guy, he's Sunni. I didn't know who he was. I called him, his name is Omar, Omar in Lebanon, he's Sunni. Okay, I told him, listen, Omar, we're doing the flag. Do you have the red color? He said, yeah. I told him, I want 18 meters. He said, okay, listen, it's Sunday. I'm going to go to the warehouse. I'll open the warehouse, cut the 18 meter, put them at home. My house is there. Can you send someone? I was like, yes. He got me the red fabric. And then I called Tony, the guy who will sew it. I told him, I'm sending you the red. He did it. It, it's a, it was a Sunday. 
I met someone on the street, his name was Ziad. I told him, listen, I'm doing a huge 54 square meter flag. I'm going to put it on the pole. He's like, yes, uh, I work in advertising. I'm going to do the campaign and spread it out on media. I was like, yes, he's Drews, the guy. I, I didn't know any of them, okay? So Tony, Amar, and Ziad are not my friends. So Ziad did the campaign. The next day, the flag was here in less than 24 hours. I went myself in a crane and I put the flag. I'm from the south. In one call, one Shia, one Sunni, one Druze, and one Christian did one flag for free and we put it over our heads. This is Lebanon, these are the protesters. I really thank you for that story. I didn't know and every time I'm going to look at this flag, I'm just going to remember that sometimes it's not as hard as people think. Yeah. I'm going to just finish up with some questions about your news consumption. When you're here and you're trying to, let's say, check up on the other regions, if something is happening there, how do you usually do it? Uh, what are the outlets that you use, whether it's social media, a news stream, um, TV or anything else and why? Mostly I use social media because it's the easier to access, especially in our generation. When something is really going on and like really happening, I trust the people uh, that I know personally. So I trust people that send me stuff more than what I read on the media or what I see on TV or what I read on the newspaper. Because I don't have the right background and base to know if this is right or not. But I know people that I really trust, that are super clean and genuine. I trust people more than the media in general. So yeah, I, I, it depends who, on who sends me the, the, the news. But let's say you are somewhere and something is happening and you want to get the word out. What is your first instinct? What would you do to spread the word out? I post on Instagram. If I can be on TV, I try to be on TV because these 15 days there was a live coverage. So if there's something super uh, important that's happening, I run to the first camera and I go and say it. But uh, mainly I use my Instagram account. Now the last question is also about our hopes and your hopes specifically. If you were to look back on things a year from now, what do you think people are going to remember or what do you want them to remember from this uh, moment of our history? The only thing I can tell you is that it's the first time that the Lebanese people are, are really united, genuinely united, hand in hand, whether in the, in the human chain that they did or the, 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 the one voice that they're all screaming. I just hope they don't forget what they were here for the first four days because I, I, I'm not hopeless, but this, this silence scares me. Scares me from all angles, from this street here and from the government. I really hope they never forget the, the days we spent together here and how united we were and we should always be. And I told you, I'm, I'm not hopeless, but I'm also very scared. I just hope people will forever remember how beautiful this was and grow with it, not just forget it. Elia Haber, signing off from Martyr Square for the Beirut Banyan.